Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Okay, so we're starting a new series uh, today that Greg has prepared for the whole church, and it's all about parables. So we've been talking about the kingdom of God, and uh, it kind of follows on, really, because most of the parables are about the kingdom. And uh, today... We're looking at the parable of the sower, which I think probably most of you know about already. Um, most of you will have read or heard the parable of the sower because it's very well known. But it's a key parable. And so we're looking in Mark chapter 4. We could look in Matthew chapter 13, but we're going to look in Mark chapter 4. We won't read the whole parable. It's, it's most of Mark chapter 4, actually. And I think you know the story. It's a simple story about uh, a man who's throwing seed onto the land. And uh, some of it goes on the path, some of it goes on the stony ground, some of it goes on the weedy ground, and some of it goes on good soil. So it's a simple story, but it's, um, it's verse 11 that I want us to home in on straight away, because what happened was Jesus told the parable, and then he went away, got aside with his disciples, and they said to him, um, uh, they began asking him, as it says in Matthew, why do you t- talk in parables? And they asked Jesus that question. Why parables? So why use stories to tell the truth about the gospel? And um, Jesus' answer is very interesting because in verse 11, this is the verse that I wanted to start with, uh, it says, he was saying to them, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables. And I've puzzled over that quite a lot because Jesus seemed to be saying, um, the the reason I give you, uh, I talk in parables is because uh, it means you can understand, but they won't. (laughs) And I thought, well, that doesn't sound right. And I've looked in commentaries and and they say it's not right either. But they haven't really, I couldn't find anyone who came up with, with with the answer as far as I could see. I just put my notes there. Um, so this is this is important because when you come across something in the Bible that doesn't seem right, usually it means God's got something interesting or important to tell you, and you need to hold it. it doesn't you may not get the answer straight away. You may just think, I don't know. You may think for years, I don't know what the answer is, but you just keep saying, God, I'm still on that verse. What does it mean? Don't understand it. Don't be surprised that you don't understand everything. You know, I think some Christians think, well, we should know it all. You know, we should understand everything. But it's not true. Because um, it's all, all the New Testament, actually, is a mystery that's been revealed. Everything in the New Testament is, is, is a revealed mystery. It's, it's something that in the Old Testament they didn't understand. But when Jesus came, it says here, um, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. So I want to talk about this mystery, first of all, today, because I, I think it's really important that we understand that uh, what we have, what's been revealed to us, is amazing. And it's an amazing mystery. And the reason people don't get it, have you found this? <laughs> they don't. 
The reason people don't get it is that they haven't had the mystery explained yet. And it's really important for us to know that because we are privileged people. You know, Let's just think about this, this mystery of the kingdom, first of all. So um, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. But the whole of the Old Testament was about the kingdom of Israel. So it was all about the story of, of the kingdom called Israel. And Jesus came and he said, I'm going to talk to you about another kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. Now, it was always there. It just wasn't explained. It was kind of hidden. And so, um, we, a few weeks ago, we looked at Daniel. And in Daniel, uh, one of Daniel's, in fact, Nebuchadnezzar's vision and Daniel's vision, God revealed to him that um, there would be the Babylonian Empire, and then the Medes and the Persians, and then the Greeks, and then the Romans. And all this was revealed to Daniel. Incredible. And then it says in um, uh, Daniel 4, I think it is, it says, in the days of those kings, that's the Romans and those that follow on, so in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. So it was there, but it's just one verse. And so most people missed it. Most people didn't understand that that was coming. And then if we think about Messiah, you know, we know there's lots of Old Testament verses where Messiah is prophesied. Messiah is going to come. But when he came, most people didn't recognize him because he didn't come in the way they expected. And, and so the, there was mystery about the Messiah. There was mystery about how he was introduced. So if you remember, John the Baptist came, first of all. Um, look at the la- let's look at the last... Second to last verse of the Old Testament, Malachi. When did you last read Malachi? <laughs> yes? <laughs> okay, this is Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. And it says this, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's the second to last verse of the Old Testament. God says, I'm going to send you Elijah. And so everyone's thinking, oh, well, before, before Messiah comes, Elijah will be raised from the dead, and it'll, we'll all know it's Elijah, and, and then, then the Messiah will come. But what actually happened was God sent John the Baptist. And, you know, John the Baptist was a strange guy with uh, probably with very long hair, and he wore clothes made out of camel skin, which must have been very itchy. So he's probably always scratching himself. And he ate locusts. So he's a strange person. Um, but he was the one to introduce Jesus. Um, in fact, he was Elijah. But he was called John the Baptist. So most people didn't get it. Because it had all been shrouded in mystery. Um, if you look at um, Matthew 11, this is explaining the mystery. Jesus says this, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Do you remember Greg referring to that verse? And then it goes on to say, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and violent men take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and then there's 
this verse 14. It says, if you are willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah who was to come. Ah, so the mystery is revealed. So John, this is Jesus speaking, so we have to take it seriously. Jesus saying, John's Elijah. John the Baptist is Elijah. And everything in the New Testament is like that. It's like a mystery that's suddenly been, oh, by the way, it's like this. Oh, it's like this. That's not what I thought. So that's, that's Jesus coming. His birth as well was the same. So, you, you know, at Christmas we, we like to read the Old Testament passages that spoke about Jesus. So in Isaiah chapter 7, um, it, it talks about, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he will be called... Uh, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And we can say, oh, of course, it's talking about Jesus. But most people didn't get it at the time. They couldn't see that it was talking about Jesus. When About the virgin birth. Um, that, you know, that verse that says, um, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel. That's from um, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. But when you read Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it seems to be talking about King Ahaz <laughs> and something It was assigned to King Ahaz in that day. It doesn't seem to be talking about Messiah. But then when we get to the birth of Jesus, it's very clear that it is talking about Jesus. But we didn't see it before because it was all shrouded in mystery. Someone once said that the uh, about the Old Testament and the New Testament. You've probably heard this. Uh, the new is in the old concealed. The old is in the new revealed. And that's what we're talking about. So the Old Testament has got all this truth in it, but you can't see it. It's hidden. And you can only see it when your eyes are opened and when the Spirit enables you to see it. It's the same with Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Um, that comes from Micah, one of the what we call the minor prophets, which is not really fair on them, but uh, he just didn't write very much, or at least didn't record very much. So in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it talks about Bethlehem. You know, you're not the least of the cities because out of you is going to come a ruler. In fact, it's God speaking. He says, my ruler is going to come from you. Uh, but most people in Jesus' day didn't get it because they thought, well, he's from Nazareth. He's not from Bethlehem, so he can't be the Messiah. And it's almost like God's trying to hide it from people. Um, and I think there is some truth in that, which we'll look at in just a moment. But just to go on, on this theme of mystery, Jesus' mission was to come and die and be raised from the dead. Most people didn't understand that. Even the disciples didn't understand it just before it happened. So if you look at, um, let's go to Mark. If I can find it. Oh, it's... Mark 9:31 This is just before Jesus is going to be crucified. He was teaching his disciples and telling them telling them the son of man is to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him and when he has been killed he will rise 3 days later. What what does say the next verse says it says but they did not understand this statement and they were afraid to ask him See, even the disciples, after three years of ministry, they still didn't understand that Jesus had to die. But that was in the Old Testament too. 
some very, some very graphic details of, of Jesus' crucifixion in the Psalms. And God's hidden them there so that we can go and say, ah, look, it was always there. We just didn't see it before. So that's the Messiah. And then there's a mystery about the gospel. Um, Ephesians, in Ephesians 6, Paul says, actually says that. He says, I, I, I want to boldly declare the mystery of the gospel. So the gospel is a mystery because people don't understand. It sounds too good to be true, doesn't it, the gospel, when you think about it. That all you have to do is believe in Jesus and repent of your sin and you get salvation for a whole eternity. It's too good to be true. <laughs> and that's the mystery, that people don't understand it. So people don't believe it because they think it can't be true. So 1 Peter 1, um, verse 10. Have you got that one not on there? Um, oh, yes, here we are. So this is um, Peter speaking, obviously. He's saying, uh, as to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what personal time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you in these things, which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things in which angels long to look. So is it, these things were a mystery, uh, maybe still are, to angels. Even the angels don't get it because it's hidden. But we get it because we've had revelation. We've been told about it. So we've heard the gospel. And, you know, we are in this amazingly privileged place. Um, there's just a couple more. One is the church. The church is a mystery. Paul talks about the church and he talks about marriage. And he's talking about marriage. He's saying husbands love your wives. Wives, obey your husbands. And he gets to the end and he said, this is a great mystery. <laughs> he says, then he says, actually, I'm, not I'm talking about the church. <laughs> so the mystery is that it's like it's the church is a marriage that we're married to Christ. And um, Colossians 1, 25, we will look at that one on, just on this. That, this is uh, helpful. Paul says, of this church, I was made a minister. Verse 26, that is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the church is a mystery. Um, and finally, the future is a mystery. Actually, a lot of the future still is a mystery. But we've got some inkling about it now because of what God has revealed. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're told a little bit about uh, about the future. But if you read Revelation, it's, 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 I think there's still quite a lot of mystery. <laughs> Paul says, I see through a glass darkly. So in other words, it's like looking with very thick, dark sunglasses. And you can just about see a little bit. He had more revelation than anyone. But it says here, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages for our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, 
things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, and that God has prepared for those who love him. For, God, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. So God's prepared things in the future for us who love him. And most of them we, we don't even know yet. But he's revealed something of it to us in our hearts. So we know that there is eternity. We know that uh, we, we, there'll be a resurrection. We know we will stand before God, but that he won't judge us for our sins because of the blood of Jesus. And we know there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and it's going to be glorious. It'll be, it's got to be better than this one. And this is amazing. And so there's mystery. And that's why I say virtually everything in the New Testament is a revealed mystery. It's like our freezer, which I can say here because I'm standing up preaching. <laughs> we have a big chest freezer, and it's full of food. But if you want to find something, it's a total mystery. I haven't a clue. So I, yesterday, we had the kids with us, and um, Isla wanted a crumpet for our breakfast, because that's what she likes for breakfast. And so uh, <laughs> I had to get Helen to go and hunt, and it was down at the bottom somewhere, underneath the pork and the sausages and everything, there were crumpets. Okay, that's not a very good analogy. I've got a better one. Have you, who, has anyone ever seen the play The Mousetrap in London? Okay, so there's a play, it's the longest running play in the West End, and it was running from 1952 until 2020 last year, and now it's restarted. It's actually, they're playing today, this afternoon. If you could get tickets, you could go and see it at St. Martin's Theatre in London, The Mousetrap. It's an Agatha Christie story, and it's a, it's a mystery. It's a murder mystery, actually. I think I've seen it three times, because I liked it so much, um, years ago now. But it's a small theatre, and it's, a, it's just, a, just a story about a murder and, and it getting sold. But it, and it has a twist at the end, so that you're not expecting it to be the person that it is. And so when, it's uh, when it, the curtain comes down and it's finished, you think, right, so you're about to get up and go. And then a man comes onto the stage in front of the curtain. He says, listen, everyone, you, you're privileged because you've been told who the murderer is. You've had this mystery revealed to you, but don't tell anyone that, because it'll spoil it. And they do that. They still do that, I think. Um, and so you go out of the theatre and it's dark because you're walking out into the London streets uh, late in the evening. And you've got a sense in your heart that, hey, I know something that most people don't know. <laughs> I've been let in on the secret. And that is the sense we should have, I believe, as Christians. That God has revealed secrets to us. And the biggest secret of all he's revealed to us is salvation and the what Jesus has done for us. And so I think that's what Mark, so I think it's something of what Mark is talking about, or Jesus is talking about in Mark, when he says, to you has been revealed the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Then it, but then he says, to those who are outside, they get everything in parables. So what is that about? And Shoni was asking that question. Why did Jesus seem to uh, want to conceal it from from people. Uh, that verse um, that he quotes, let's go back to Mark chapter 4. 
So Jesus quotes a verse from Isaiah, straight afterwards, in verse 12 of Mark chapter 4. He says, While seeing, they may see and not perceive, and while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. And it, it really does, it's from Isaiah chapter 6, as it says there. It really seems as though uh, God's trying to stop people from believing. <laughs> you think, but I thought God wanted everyone to believe. But if we go back to Isaiah chapter 6, that's when Isaiah has just been commissioned as a prophet. And his main job is to go to Israel and say, Israel, you have made such a bad job of worshipping God. So they're worshipping idols. Um, they're running after foreign gods. God says, I'm going to judge you, Israel, harshly. And of course, we know Israel was taken into captivity. They had a really um, harsh judgment. Um, but there is hope, even in the judgment. If we go to that passage in Isaiah 6. So that's the verse that was quoted. If we go on to the next verse, Isaiah asks this question. How long? And he answered, until. So there was a judgment on Israel, and the, the judgment included, you won't be able to understand what I'm doing. But it's not forever. It's until. And we can pick up the until in Romans chapter 11, in the New Testament, where it says this. This is Romans 11:25. I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery. There's the mystery again. So that you will not be wise in your own estimation. That a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So that's the until. Um, so actually God was holding back Israel. And particularly, I think it, it applies to Israel. And Jesus, at this point in his ministry, he's... He's just starting his ministry. He doesn't want people to all believe in him too soon. And he doesn't, particularly, he doesn't want the Jews to suddenly all say, oh, yes, we repent. Because he knows, Jesus knows, he's got a mission to complete. And the Jews are going to crucify him. It's hard, isn't it? So Jesus knows he needs the Jews to complete God's plan, and then they can repent. So I think it's a temporary thing. I think what, he, what he's doing, he's talking in parables because he doesn't want a great mass conversion of the whole of the Israel nation at that point. It's not, it's not time yet. There's an until. But to those who are genuinely seeking, then the doors open and understanding is available. And that's, that's what's happening. So that's, I think that's why he taught in parables, because... He needed to sort out the genuine seeking believers from those who were just uh, trying to um, pull him down and destroy him. But why this parable? So just uh, come to a close now. But why? What's the significance of the sower? This particular parable. Just look at verse thirteen. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? See, this parable is a key to understanding all the others. So you have to get this one first because this will unlock everything else. Um, 
And the reason is, it's all about how we hear God's word. It's all about how we hear God's voice. And um, if, if we're going to understand anything in the Bible, we've got to hear from God. You can't work it out yourself, because it's a mystery. And it's only God who reveals mysteries, and he does that by speaking to us. And so we have to learn to hear God, and that's really what this parable is all about. So there's four kinds of soil, and it's, it's really about the kind of hearts that the word's going into. But first of all, just think about the sower. He's kind of throwing the seed away. He doesn't seem to care where it's going. <laughs> so a lot of it's going on the path, or it's going in the brambles. And that just speaks to me about God's, God's word and God's generosity. So God, God's got so much generosity. He doesn't mind if some of it seems to be wasted. And um, you know, we shouldn't mind either. But what about us? Well, we're the soil, and it's about our hearts. So the phrase that crops up in this parable and lots of other places in, uh, in the parables as well is Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, it's not talking about ears, okay? <laughs> Does anybody here not have any ears? So he's basically saying, Everybody's got ears. Now, I know there's probably one or two disabled people who don't have ears, but generally speaking, everybody's got ears. So he's not talking about, let's find the people who've got ears. No, he's just saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And, you know, it's possible to have ears and not hear because it, our hearts are what matter. And so we've got four, uh, four kinds of hearts, four kinds of soil, and we'll just with through them quickly. Verse 15 is the um, hard hearts. So that's the, that's the path. And the word doesn't get a chance because the birds just eat it. And uh, there's a, some verses in Hebrews that talk about not hardening your heart when God speaks. Um, very important in um, Hebrews 3, 12 to 15, which is there. We are. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Um, see, this parable is not just about salvation. It's about any word that God speaks to his people. So it's about what God's saying to you today. It's that, that's the seed that is going into your heart today. It's not, it's not just about the gospel. And so for us as Christians... We need to be careful how we hear God's word and to be careful that we do hear it uh, and not harden our hearts. But sometimes God says hard things to us and it's, we, can, we can harden our hearts against it and say, no, I don't, I don't want to hear that. But that's you know, not what God's looking for. Then verse 16, it's about um, shallow hearts. Uh, if we go back to Mark 4, 16. And, and this is the stony ground. And there's just very, very thin soil. And so it seems like it's the, the, the seed is growing and it's, it's, there's joy. Uh, but then, next verse, it says, When testing comes, because they have no firm root in themselves but are only temporary, then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And so we can, if we've got shallow hearts, it looks like the, the, word, the word's growing in us, but then it dies. 
So don't have shallow hearts. And then the verse 18 is about the weeds, the thorns, uh, and it's all about cluttered hearts. So if you've got so many other things going on that you're trying to do with your life and there isn't room for the Word of God, the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things enter in and choke the Word. It's um, worries, wealth, and wants. Worries, wealth, and wants can choke off what God wants to do. Uh, but then finally, there's the good soil in verse 20. And that's what God wants for us, is to, for our hearts to be good soil so that the word can come in. And not just the word when we get saved, but the word every day when God speaks to us. The word can come in and bear fruit. You know, I've met Christians who say, well, God never speaks to me. I never hear God's voice. <laughs> but I, I don't believe it. Maybe you're not listening. God speaks. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And God's word is, is, is being broadcast to us especially, to those who believe, to those who love God. The question is, are we listening? Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.